as we were driving to the facility, we saw people bathing in the rivers and I, I'd never seen anything like it. We brought in cash because with, you know, cash is king in a situation like this with no power. You think about that, everybody's so attached to plastic and credit cards and ATM machines. Well, nothing was working. Just that whole communication, do you need cash? Are you safe? How is your family? What are you living in? Where are you living? So that, that's why the communication was so key. You're listening to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media, a podcast for professionals responsible for the safety and well-being of their employees. Each episode features an interview with a leader in employee safety to discuss how to protect your employees from a wide array of threats, from severe weather to a global pandemic. Let's get into the show. Hello, and welcome to the Employee Safety Podcast, where we discuss insights and ideas for how to protect your most valuable asset, your people. I'm your host, Peter Steinfeld, and today is the final episode of our three-part series on hurricane preparedness. Two weeks ago, I spoke with Melissa Huffman from the National Weather Service. Last week, I was joined by disaster mitigation consultant, Millie Starlipper. And today, I am thrilled to close out the series by speaking with Gianetta Jones, who is Vice President and Chief People Officer at Coca-Cola Bottling United. Hey, Gianetta, how are you? I am great, Peter. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for letting me join. Well, we are absolutely excited to have you, and I know how busy you are, so thank you for taking time to join us. And our focus today is protecting your business and people during a hurricane. But before we begin, can you tell our listeners just a little bit about your role at Coca-Cola Bottling United? Sure. So I have been with Coca-Cola United for 14 years, and I lead the people side of the house. So I'm our VP and Chief People Officer, and we are based in Birmingham, Alabama, and we are family-owned and operated, privately held bottler and distributor of Coca-Cola. Excellent. And just for some additional context to give people an idea of the scale of what you deal with, how many facilities and people do you have, I guess, specifically on the Gulf Coast or in other regions that could potentially be impacted by hurricanes? Sure. We have a lot of locations. We have eight production centers, and then we have 52 distribution or sales centers as well, of which about 14 of those locations are in coastal areas in the Southeast. So we are based uh, really in the Southeast United States. So we do get a lot of not only Atlantic, but the Gulf Coast, tropical storms, hurricanes. Mm, Double hit. (laughs) Yes. That's probably about 3,000 associates in that footprint of about 14 locations. And it really ranges from Lake Charles, Louisiana, all the way to Tallahassee, Florida, and then North Brunswick, Georgia, up to Savannah. So we really kind of have that that Gulf and Atlantic area. And our total footprint, we have about 9,800 associates. Okay. Well, based on your geography, it seems like if there is going to be a storm, you're going to get a taste of it. Exactly. (laughs) Perpetual state of readiness. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay, excellent. Well, let's go ahead and jump into it. I'm sure many in our audience remember Hurricane Michael from 2018. It was an extremely powerful storm that became the first Category 5 hurricane to hit the U.S. since Hurricane Andrew all the way back in 1992. So I want to talk about your organization's experience with that storm in particular. Starting with preparedness from that perspective, before the hurricane hit, did you feel like you were adequately prepared for it before you knew the level of devastation to come in terms of protecting both your people and your facilities? Yeah, that's a great question, Peter. We have a really extensive hurricane preparedness plan across all of our coastal locations. So we felt like we were prepared because if you think about a natural disaster, 
it's normally the Red Cross is into an area first, and then we're right behind the Red Cross bringing in water. And that's really where we shine our greatest is when we have a natural disaster that occurs and we really pull together as a company. And we have these extensive plans. However, you can never underestimate a storm, right? And we really were thrown a curveball with Hurricane Michael in particular because we did not prepare for the telephone infrastructure and cell service was severely damaged with that storm. And we were unable to communicate via cell phone. So we literally had to pivot and we purchased uh, several uh, very expensive satellite phones for our operators that were local to be able to communicate with us at the corporate office, for example. Wow. Okay. And that's interesting. You you brought up a really good point, which is unlike a lot of other organizations out there, you, you, based on what your organization does, are in a unique position to not only have to care for your own company and people, but to also care for the public with delivering water and things like that. I'm sure the government, the Red Cross, depend on organizations like yours to help with that. Yes, you're exactly right. Because, you know, June kicks off hurricane season, and that is when our production facilities across our entire footprint those that produce water, we really increase that volume to get prepared in the event we need to send it to even other states and other bottlers. We've sent it to Texas before, you name it. So, you know, water's a life-giving course that everybody needs. So yes. uh, yeah, we it's a balance. You've got to take care of your people, but you've got to take care of the community in which you're operating as well as neighboring States as well, if needed. And I know you have to produce that extra water and make sure it's all ready to go, but are you also involved in the logistics of delivering it? Or are there like, you know, government or army trucks that show up, you know, National Guard that help disseminate it amongst the folks who need it? Well, actually, we do end up producing it and we will deliver it. So we, wow. we will take it to federal or local government agencies that are going to store the water or take it directly into the marketplace. Okay. So yeah, there's an entire logistics challenge with that as well. Yeah. Well, coming back to Michael specifically, you talked about communication being a challenge, not expecting the cell infrastructure to be down for as long as it was, but what were some of your other experiences during the hurricane itself specifically? Like what was it like for your people in Florida and the surrounding areas? Right. So we have a cell center in Panama City with about 80 associates. And we also underestimated damage sustained to our actual facility. So in the past, even when you think about Katrina and our Baton Rouge location became a shelter way back when Hurricane Katrina happened, we've always been able to lean on our location to be a place of refuge for associates. And unfortunately, this time, Panama City took a direct hit and we had so much damage within our facility that it was inoperable. So all we really had was the parking lot. Mm. Really, it was not safe to go inside. So we had a little over 50 of those 80 associates that either lost everything or had severe damage to their homes. And it was a real emotional time for our people. And of course, the worst part was the first few days after the storm, we couldn't get in contact with anybody. That really triggered the need for the capability that Alert Media now provides to us because the only way to communicate was really tech. That's the only piece of communication you could potentially communicate and reach associates. So, you know, normally as we prepare, we send out during hurricane season reminders to associates, update your emergency contact information, make sure we have your correct cell numbers, 
personal. And then of course we have some associates that have, you know, company phones, but to try to make sure we could connect with people. So really that was the biggest challenge was trying to connect with people to understand how much damage people had. And if they were even before the damage, were they physically okay? So that was the really first few days for our HR team and our local leaders, just trying to connect with associates. So I'd actually like to dig into that just a little bit more. Why do you feel like communication is so critical, especially during emergency situations? Well, it's key because one, we want to make sure all of our associates are safe, you know, physically, as well as to assess their needs. And so the communication was critical for us, especially with Hurricane Michael, because we had to pivot and to try to connect with our associates just as to their whereabouts. Some people had evacuated, others had stayed through the storm. And of course, those that did swear they'll never do that again. But really, we wanted to be able to assess and connect with them to see what immediate needs they had for not only their self, but their family, their children. Where were they? So that we could be able to communicate as we started bringing in supplies. We mm-hmm. really turned our locations parking lot. We set up tents and truly had water, food. We served meals. We brought in from Dothan, Alabama, which isn't too terribly far away, on-site fueling trucks that normally we would use to fuel our vehicles. But instead, we were fueling chainsaws, personal vehicles, and we did all of that for free because you couldn't find fuel. Power was out for weeks, you know, days to weeks. And so we even had a a mini Walmart, if you want to call it that. So we flew in, which was nothing like I'd ever seen. So once the the airport opened, we did fly in on our, our company plane. And if you've ever been to a third world country, that is what it looked like in Panama City. People were truly... As we were driving to the facility, we saw people bathing in the rivers, and I'd never seen anything like it. Wow. And so it was really an emotional time. I still get choked up about it. Yeah. But we brought in cash because with, you know, cash is king in a situation like this with no power. You think about that. Everybody's so attached to plastic and credit cards and ATM machines. Well, nothing was working. And so we literally flew in with my big red purse and had cash, and we... We paid everybody in cash for weeks because nobody could, you know, that's great that you got a direct deposit, but you can't get any money out of the bank. So just that whole communication, do you need cash? Are you safe? How is your family? What are you living in? Where are you living? So that that's why the communication was so key. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, clearly people don't expect things to go as badly as they do. And then when they do, there's tremendous confusion. Like in your case, people probably knew, oh yeah, the office is a point of refuge for us. Right. No, it's not. Now I need to tell people don't come, right? Or (laughs) alternate plan. So reducing that confusion is just immensely powerful in the middle of a really dramatic situation like that. Looking back on the experience of Hurricane Michael and probably a lot of other storms that you've experienced since then, what were some of the major aha moments that you had? Truly, uh, cash is king. That's number one. And then pull from areas that have not been impacted by the storm to see if you can logistically bring in your or clothing or whatever people may need. But before that, when we first 
went on site, of course, and most people were there. We did a one-on-one assessment. And so literally we would have the employee, the spouse, the kids sitting there, and even the dog. I held a couple of dogs. That was really kind of neat. But the whole family came. And then we assessed, you know, what do you need? What are your clothing sizes for us to take that back? And then our other locations all began you know, clothing drives and for us to provide that for them. And then we, you know, that's the biggest aha is when you've got that extensive damage as to how do you really help that person? We're so attached to our belongings. And so, hey, here's some clean clothes. Because think about that, you know, Tide has this loads of laundry. It is a mobile unit. And so we would gather resources like here's where the Red Cross is stationed. Here's shelters. So not only, you know, connecting with associates to try to meet their immediate needs, but then longer term, how, how do I do laundry? Where can I stay if I had no friends or family? So th- those are some of the, the big aha moments, just really trying to make it easy for your, your associates so that they're already dealing with, you know, claims adjusters and becoming, you know, lumberjacks on the side and cutting yep. trees, really trying to give them the tools without having to go look for them. So that, that is a, a huge benefit for anybody going through any kind of disaster like that. Well, I love how you guys take the concept of duty of care so seriously, and I'm sure it creates very loyal employees. It really does. That team is a, a really cohesive team. They're really a strong team. And we even brought in our employee assistance counselors just because it, it was kind of like a war zone and yeah. people were just in shock. I mean, they were just like, you know, we thought everything was going to be fine. And then they come back to nothing. So you've got to not only take care of the physical, but also that mental side, because it's, it's a true loss. Mm-hmm. So we tried to think of all of those avenues and really put yourself in their shoes as to, okay, you know, we had one employee that said, I'm doing okay. I'm just living in this one room of my house. And I said, tell me more about that. And they said, well, the rest of it, you just see the sky. Oh, and I goodness. said, well, I'm not sure that's the safest place for you to be. So you learn a lot about how resilient people are and how thankful people are. I mean, we had more and more people as it went on that would say, I'm fine. Give that money to somebody else or give those things to somebody else. I mean, I'd, I'd never seen anything like it. it. You know, when you give, you always receive more. And I felt like myself and, and my team, we got more out of that than probably those that we were giving to. You know, so it made you thankful that you didn't live there at the time. But it was also really, like I said earlier, we realized we needed a better tool to communicate because nobody was checking email. Nobody had power. Mm -hmm. But you've got your phone and it will work even when phone lines are down, text will work. So that that's a great capability with with Alert Media. That's fantastic. Well, other than Alert Media, which you know it's fantastic you have that in place today because it can absolutely help through multi-channel communication. But are there other systems or initiatives or tools that you've implemented since then based on lessons learned to enhance your overall hurricane preparedness plan? You know, mainly that we really get in front of right now, HR is really in front of, hey, emergency contact, hurricane season is approaching. But because you usually have a little bit of time 
in advance on hurricanes. Tornadoes, you don't really. Right. Maybe a little bit of time, but usually a hurricane, you have a couple of days. But really encouraging associates to download the Alert Media app. There's a, a great capability now that you can see the map of wherever you are and geocodes to your location. And then you can see if as a storm's approaching, I think is amazing. So we're really trying to communicate that more. It's voluntary for associates if they want to download the app onto their personal device, but they can also do it on their company phone. But those are kind of the big ones. We also have a inclement weather phone line, as well as it's on our website on each location has a page within our website so that HR can post if we're closed or if a storm's approaching, anything about inclement weather, an associate can call in to get updated information as well. So that's another tool that we have. But honestly, the alert media helps us be extremely more real time than, you know, here's what we posted at 8 a.m. and we haven't given another update, you know, in at five o'clock. So that kind of keeps us really connected more real time with associates. Yeah. And things change so quickly in emergencies. You have to basically just observe what's happening right now, almost like a quarterback mm-hmm. on the field when the, the play changes instantaneously and call that audible and communicate it out. And it's really hard to do if you don't have an automated way of doing it. That's right. That's right. And it's really easy in terms of the capabilities, just to brag on Alert Media a little bit. <laughs> well, thank you. As an administrator, it's very easy to use. I tend to try to overcomplicate things, and your team was great to say, no, it's actually just a click of a few buttons. There's only like five steps. And I'm like, really? That seems way too easy. So it's nice that it's easy, it's user-friendly. And it does prevent you from overcomplicating things, which is good. One other area I want to go back to and just investigate a bit with you is this concept of how do you balance preparation with the cost associated with being maybe overly prepared? Like you you invest in having like a warehouse full of items and teams ready to go and things like that. And then nothing happens and that sits idle. Like, where do you draw the line? How much do you invest in advance expecting that something might happen? It's a balance, but I will tell you, you know, we look at prior year in terms of volume. So like on the production of, of water, And we have an entire risk management team that is always looking at what the season will look like for hurricanes, for example. So normally we produce based on the prior year for hurricane season in terms of water. I will tell you the year, I think that was 2018, 17 with Michael, the supply chain team had produced more water ahead of time in anticipation of hurricane season than ever before. And, you know, Hurricane Michael stretched into Georgia, Alabama, I think maybe Texas, I'm not sure, but we ended up using all of that water. So, and then still needed more. We had teams running seven days a week, 24, we had three shifts running to try to keep up with the demand. So it it is, it is hard because, you know, we really thought we were going to get to give supply chain a hard time about it. And instead, we were thankful that they had the foresight ahead of time. So that's where we really ramp up. And then we have team calls with all the various functions within the organization. If there's a storm approaching, you know, even well, definitely daily calls as a storm's approaching. But, you know, as soon as one is named, we then begin our whole protocol of are we, you know, how do we look from logistics and routing and securing equipment in that area where we think that storm is predicted to make landfall? How do we look on inventory supplies? Do we have other companies or bottlers asking for water already? 
and anticipation. So uh, to be on one of those calls is really eye-opening because you realize how interconnected all of the various functions within sales, distribution, and supply chain are. And so it's a real Herculean effort. And so I don't think you can ever be prepared enough. And we do learn something with every storm, even though we've been through a lot of them, because every storm's different. But Hurricane Michael was the hardest for us because we could not operate out of our facility. So if you think about as things began to reopen and power was restored, of course, convenience stores, grocery stores were cleared out of merchandise. So we had to reroute from other locations to try to service, you know, those locations because we weren't able to, you know, deploy a lot of our team because they weren't able to work at that point. So it, it's, a, it's a logistics challenge, but everybody really leans in within United across the, the system. We'll, we'll get everybody, you know, together. So it's a, it's a great cohesive team. You know, it's hard. It's a balance on, you know, how much do you produce? But we, we did get lucky that that time that we had overproduced. Communication's key. If you don't have that, then you may have, you know, people running different plays. So that you know, you've got to bring the team together, all functions on a call to, to work through. Are, what do we have? What's on hand? Do we have generators? That's a great phrase to use. If you don't have communication, then you're going to have people running different plays. <laughs> That's right. And that doesn't That's work right. well on a football field. Or... <laughs> it does not work well with a team. That's right. Especially if you want to get to the, the finish line. That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, we like to end by giving our audience a piece of advice or practical tip that they can immediately implement to make an impact in their organization. With the 2021 hurricane season now upon us, what can the audience do today, in your opinion, to be more prepared? That's a great question. One is to make sure all of your associates know what to do in an emergency. And especially if they live in a, in a tropical area, there's plenty of tools online where you can give tidbits of information about, do you have water on hand? What's your evacuation plan? Who do you need to contact? What about your pets? And so any tools like that, they don't have to be long because, you know, you, you won't, you'll lose people if it's too long of an instruction sheet. But anything like that to get people thinking about it ahead of time is better. You know, practice makes perfect. And then making sure that your local leaders and your HR teams are connected to educate their local associates about what to do in the event of an emergency. And then, hey, hurricane season is upon us. And reminding everybody of the tools that you already have. If you already have alert media, how to navigate, how to respond, what to watch for. Make sure you have a phone number where it's not blocked. Yes, that you can connect with people. So that that's the biggest takeaway as you, to be more prepared is you got to practice and you got to provide a few tools to people so that they know how to use them and remind them. Because, you know, in HR, we look at it a lot more frequently, but a lot of associates don't. So just a re quick refresher on, hey, this is our protocol and these are the tools and make sure you're using those and watching and stay connected and making sure you've got good emergency contact information and that those cell phone numbers are up to date in their HR systems. No, I love that. I think oftentimes people just take for granted or assume that people know what they're supposed to do if a hurricane happens or any kind of disaster. And you really should err on the side of making zero assumptions. Treat everyone like That's this right. is the first time they've heard it. 
because I guarantee you, there's probably a good 50% of the people out there that never paid attention before. And this is technically the, <laughs> the first time they've really paid attention. So exactly. Yeah. And you've got new hires. You may have new people that have come on board since the last time you trained on what your, your protocols are. So definitely look at it with a fresh set of eyes uh, to make sure it's concise, but accurate and has really good nuggets of wisdom so that people can navigate appropriately and know, okay, this is what I can do if the power goes out and I don't know how to get to, you know, are we open? Are we closed? Or I need help. How do I, how do I handle that? Yeah. Well, excellent. Gianetta, thank you so much for being on the show today. I enjoyed our conversation very much. We really appreciate your time and expertise. So thank you for being here. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for the invite. If anyone out there listening has follow-up questions or would like to connect with you, what's the best way for them to find you out there? Sure. I'm on LinkedIn, Gianetta Jones, or you can of course email me and that's G-I-A-N-E-T-T-A Jones all together, Gianetta Jones at ccbcu.com. That stands for Coca-Cola Bottling Company United. So ccbcu.com. Happy to share from everything that we've learned and continue to learn that uh, welcome to collaborate with anyone. Fantastic. Well, I know you've got a wealth of experience just with all the storms that you have to be ready for in the future and those you've experienced in the past. So thank you for making yourself available to other folks. Uh, you are so welcome. Excellent. Well, for the rest of you out there, thanks again for taking time to join us on the Employee Safety Podcast. If you haven't heard the first two episodes of our Hurricane Preparedness Series, I highly encourage you to check them out. And remember, nothing ever goes 100% according to plan in an emergency, so communication is incredibly important. If you can't communicate, you can't recover. Until next time. Alert Media is changing the way your leaders and response teams connect and communicate effectively when seconds matter. We provide our customers with a comprehensive solution for monitoring threats around the world and deploying fast, effective emergency communication. You need a panic-proof solution for high-stakes moments. In just a few clicks, your team can send a multi-channel notification to an impacted group of people and confirm their safety immediately. When employee safety is at stake, don't just communicate. Connect and confirm with a robust emergency communication solution. Visit alertmedia.com for more information. You've been listening to the Employee Safety Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give a quick rating of the show. Just tap the number of stars you think the podcast deserves. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.